Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day to get us into God's Word. And that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So the more we're in God's Word, the stronger our faith should stay and even get stronger. But it also helps us to have a better mindset as to how to deal with the day, everything that life throws at us. And it also helps keep us in touch in our relationship with God. Well, you know people in your life who need to turn their lives around, don't you? They need to get into God's Word. They need to think about growing their faith. They need to think about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. So we always encourage you, share these short studies with everybody you can every day. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can. Everybody, every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. And while that'll be a great blessing for them, no doubt, it'll also be a great blessing for you. Now, you can share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We have Ask the question, and we've broken this into three sections, why do bad things happen to good people? And so we talked about that. Bottom line, one word answer, sin. Sin causes all kinds of problems throughout humanity, and it bears all kinds of bad consequences. We also noted that we think of goodness in people a lot of times from a skewed perspective. We're not looking at it from God's point of view. We're looking at it from our human point of view, and that's not always in line with God's point of view. And so sometimes we, we wonder, well, why did that happen to that person? He's a good person, but he's not living a godly life. He's not living a Christian life. He's not trying to serve God. But from our relationship with that individual, we think he's a good person. Well, maybe not necessarily. Again, he might be living in a sinful lifestyle of one kind or another, and that's not being a good person. And then we looked at all kinds of contributing factors that contribute to bad things happening to good people. Sometimes even good people just make bad choices. They make unfortunate decisions that lead to bad consequences. But then there are other times when there are people who well, they don't ask God into their, into their decision-making processes, and so they suffer bad consequences. Many people venture through life without much thought about God. It's not just much in their heads. Well, they're going to suffer some bad consequences. And then sometimes our own actions result in bad consequences. Again, we stub our toe. We let our guard down at times, and bad things happen. Sometimes we enter into bad relationships without realizing that it's a bad relationship at that moment in time, but later on it turns out, boy, did I make a mistake there because bad consequences result. We also need to remember that the devil's always at work. Remember, he's that roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, and that's you and me. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, and so he's going to try to bring bad things, bad consequences into our lives if we let him. Or sometimes he'll just use other people to cause us problems, and, but that's simply him at work. 
We cannot let our guard down. The next verse, verse 9, says we can resist him steadfast in the faith and be victorious. Then sometimes bad things just happen because it's just a product of life in this world, things that we cannot control. Also, sometimes we are innocent victims of other people's bad behavior, and that causes bad consequences upon us because we were just kind of caught in the fallout, so to speak. Well, you could come up with other reasons, I'm sure, but those are some pretty good fundamental ones that at least get us thinking as to why do bad things happen to good people? Well, in these last two sections, and we're in the fourth one now, we're asking the opposite question from the opposite perspective. Why do good things happen to bad people? Well, so hopefully we've come to a better understanding of why sometimes bad things happen to good people, but why do good things happen to bad people? We looked at Psalm 73 in some detail, and the psalmist there says, and he begins making the, the, the very positive statement that he's come to understand and that he's come to embrace. Truly, God is good to Israel, or we could say God is good to the righteous, to such as are pure in heart. But then he goes on and says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he goes into some detail and talks about how he sees the wicked people around him and they seem to have no problems. Even in death, they're not going through agony in dying. And they keep prospering. They keep treating people badly. They keep living wicked lives. And... uh, they're proud. In fact, he says they wear pride like a necklace. And and then he says, later on, he says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. He was at something of a loss. He was trying to live a good godly life, and he was struggling. And he looked at people around him who were not at all trying to live a good godly life, and they were prospering. Things were seemed seemingly, from a physical perspective, a worldly perspective, things were going great for them. And boy, he was having a hard time. But then he said, when I, tr- when I tried to figure out how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. God was knowing everything that was going on, and God was keeping score. And God would hold those who would not change from their ungodly lives. He was going to hold them accountable. And so the psalmist comes away and says, I understand now. I understand they're walking down that slippery slope. And if they don't come to their senses, they're going to fall over the edge. And ultimately, we can look at it and say, eternal condemnation in hell will be their end if they don't come to repentance. Well, a valuable, valuable lesson for us, and we need to understand that lesson. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, the wise man Solomon wrote this about this seeming contradiction in the life that God wants us to live and promises to bless us through and the wicked life that we see people live, and they seem to get be, keep getting blessed in their wickedness. But remember, the devil is active, and the devil is, is powerful. He has a lot of latitude, 
And so he can deceive us to not see the truth of the matter. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and beginning with verse 11, the wise man wrote, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his ways are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are, a sh- which are as a shadow, because he does not fear God. Hmm. See, Solomon understood. If you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, especially early on, and this was a book from the Old Testament that I, had, I struggled with for many years in my life, not really fully understanding the thrust of what it was really trying to get across. And then I looked at it more carefully and read something from somebody else, what they wrote, and I, I thought, ah, I think I understand better now. Solomon begins by saying basically, and of course he was a mighty, powerful, rich king in great, of great authority, the king of Israel. And he's basically said, whatever I wanted, I got. Whatever I wanted to try, I did. And then he, again in the opening chapters, he's saying, but I came to understand that it's all vanity. It's like grasping for the wind. That did not bring him fulfillment. It did not bring him ultimate happiness. He tried. I I think we're to understand he tried the way of the wicked for a while, at least in some cases. He certainly, I think, skirted or at least came right up to towing the line as to what was still a righteous life and what slipped over into ungodliness. But then throughout the rest of the book, to a great extent, he says, but I learned the lesson. (laughs) I learned happiness is not in that. Fulfillment is not in that kind of lifestyle. Living in wicked ways, it's all vanity. It's like grasping for the wind. And so here he says in chapter 8, verses 11 through 13, there are people, they take comfort, they take security, in that even though they have been living wicked lives, it seems like nothing bad's happening to them, and so that just gives them more courage to keep on living in their wickedness. And though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, nothing's happening from his point of view. He's not suffering any for it, and yet surely I know that it will be well, that, that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him, and it will not be well with the wicked nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. And so Solomon says, I learned. Yeah, I I learned. Even if that person living in wickedness does not seem to be suffering outwardly because of his wickedness, um, it's not going to be well with him eternally. But it will be well for the one who fears God and lives faithfully and righteously before him on a consistent basis. He's going to be rewarded. He's going to be rewarded. But the other will be held accountable. He will be held accountable. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. And so just as that psalmist in Psalm 73 said, I didn't understand at first, but later I came to understand. Those folks living in their wickedness, in their evil, their ungodliness, their disrespect for God's teachings, they're on a slippery slope. And God knows exactly what's going on, and God's going to hold them accountable. They're not getting away with anything. But the person who is dedicated to living that righteous life before God, that faithful life before him consistently, he can look forward to an eternal home with God in heaven. He'll be able to walk the, per, the, the golden streets and be able to enjoy that eternal life where there is no sickness, no sorrow, no pain, no suffering, no dying, no crying. That's how we need to be having our lives pointed. We need to learn the lesson. We're going to stop here. We'll go a little farther next time. Let's pray together. Father, help people to open their eyes and realize they're not getting away with anything when they're living in ungodliness, when they're living in disrespect for your teachings, and they're living in a way that is unrighteous and disobedient to you and your will for their lives. They're not getting away with with anything. You know exactly what's happening, and you're holding them accountable. And one day they'll have to pay the price if they do not come to repentance first. Help them to see that they need to turn from their wicked ways and they need to come to you through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Help us, Father, to be shining lights to them of that righteous way. We pray. Father, please, we pray at this time, Father, please forgive us and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.